Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. We have awoken from just a few hours' sleep. Following a very busy night in the world of mixed martial arts, we had Bellator 263, the breakout night officially for the brand new Bellator featherweight champion, the new millionaire AJ McKee after his first round submission win over Patricio Pitbull. But we are here to put the matchmaker hats back on to discuss the what's next, the fallout of UFC Vegas 33. I am Mike Keck. Thank you for checking out the show. And joining me, as always, is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity, my best friend and yours, future Grammy Award winner, Mr. Alex K. Lee. Hello, sir. Oh, my best friend. Too kind. Too kind. What a treat it was to be a combat sports fan, not just last night. I think in the last couple of weeks. I think we've been spoiled. We've been spoiled with some great UFC cards, a great Bellator card, BKFC, um, the usual weirdness that you can find on on Twitter at uh, Krabaka underscore Hitman's you know Twitter account you're always finding something strange. It's a great time to be a fan, and and this was I'll I'll be honest, this was one of those uh, Saturdays where I think as as someone who works in the field, there was some dread as far as like how much there was to cover, and of course um, us kind of overlooking this UFC card, but the way the night worked out, everything I feel like went by so quickly. The pacing of the UFC card was amazing. Um, as opposed to Bellator, which was a little more drawn out. But again, it's on Showtime. They're kind of doing this like more of a boxing style show, which I understand. Um, but yeah, UFC was so quick, entertaining. Bellator was great. They got the result they wanted. Great time to be a fan. Like great time to be, to be involved in this industry. Yeah, it worked out perfectly. Like, the, like yeah, it was, you make a great point because like the UFC event went quick. By the time Sean Strickland beat Uriah Hall. People got to tune in to the co-main event of the Bellator car, which was amazing. It was one of the oh, best so fights of the year. So good. And then AJ McKee shining moment. So, I mean, like you said, if you were a combat sports fan, you were spoiled to no end. Um, I think it's pretty obvious where AJ McKee goes from there. I know we have the listeners who have weighed in on the Bellator card, so we'll discuss mm-hmm. that a little bit later on. But we're going to focus between you and I, as we typically do, on what happened inside the octagon last night and let us begin with sean strickland who is just a madman ak this guy is not just a madman in the octagon he's a madman in the gym he's a madman sitting in his car cutting promos on social media and he's even more of a madman at his post-fight press conferences following main event victories i mean the things this guy had to say just unbelievable but he is on a tear right now at 185 pounds. He dominates Uriah Hall for 25 minutes on Saturday. He just kept going. He kept pouring it on. The fifth round 
was actually his best round according to the numbers. He's won five in a row. He's 4-0 since moving back up to 185 pounds. He's 19-0 as a middleweight, and he's going to be a top 10 fighter, probably top 7 or 8 come Tuesday once the new UFC rankings come out. But it'll be interesting to see where he ends up in the most important rankings in MMA, the MMA Fighting Global rankings. But uh, where does Mr. Strickland go from a matchmaking perspective after another impressive performance this time in a headline spot yeah uh as you mentioned the global rankings number 13 uh, heading into uh saturday uh uriah hall was number 10 so he's definitely gonna at least take his spot he's def- definitely jumping to the top 10 maybe higher maybe higher depending on people go i was very conservative with how i ranked him again people will kind of see um how that shakes out uh later this week 24 and 3 overall, Mike. You mentioned 19 and 0 as a middleweight is impressive, but even even his losses, I got a few losses at 170. 24 and 3. And it's not like, I mean, you just watch him. He's such an entertaining fighter, too. This isn't a guy who's like grinding out wins on the regional scene. Like, he's really, really pushes the pace. He fights at this pace that a lot of 185ers just can't keep. It's so exciting. You said there was two obvious names. One of them I know for sure, and I think I know the other one. But I, I think, but I think, Mike. I went in another direction from either of those names. I kind of want to see him get uh, the winner of the Jared Cannonier Calvin Gaslam fight on uh, August 21st, so in a few weeks. Definitely Gaslam. I think definitely if Gaslam beats Cannonier, it makes sense for him to fight Strickland. I think that's that's pretty uh, pretty obvious. Cannonier would be a little bit shakier if Cannonier got the win. I'm sure there'd be some people campaigning for him to fight the um, to get the, a title shot. He has a very strong resume at 185, but. Uh, I think he'd still be one win away, and I'd like I'd love to see a matchup with him and Strickland. It'd just be a great fight. So, so I went a little conditional here. Uh, I don't think I went with the consensus. I know the listeners had a a lot of other options, but yeah, for me, either Cannonier or Gaslam, I think would be a good good matchup for Strickland next. Sean Strickland is really difficult to matchmake for because he trains at like thirty nine different gyms. So he's and he pairs up with like most names that we're going to mention here. I want to see him fight Luke Rockhold. I know they've probably trained together at Ruka. Sean trains all over the damn place. But Luke has a name. Luke wants an interesting fight to come back to. Sean's an interesting fight for sure. He's a, he's a difficult fight. Luke wants difficult fights. He wants a top 10 guy. Sean will definitely be a top 10 guy come Tuesday. And I think this one makes sense for both guys. That's kind of a caveat just because of what I said earlier. If, if it can happen, if they're not like best friends... Like you and I are, AK, this is the fight. But if for some reason they are best friends and they made a pact to like never fight each other and they signed a piece of paper in blood or something, then it's Shaq Hermanson. I like the Rockhold fight way more. I think there's more sizzle than there is with the Hermanson fight in terms of name recognition. Luke's obviously a former champion. I think Luke Rockhold is the best opportunity for him with what is actually available to him right now, AK. Because I don't think he's... Cannon Air and, and Gaslam is interesting. I, I don't know if like him and Gaslam are buddies. It's very possible that they are. I think we we ran into this before. Um, but I don't know if Strickland's going to want to wait that long. I think Strickland's going to want to stay active and, and keep this train going. And I think Rockhold's pretty much ready to go. Rockhold said at this point he's ready to take a short notice fight just to get in there and entangle with one of these top 10 guys. So, yeah, I'd like to see the Rockhold fight. If not, Hermanson's fine. Rockhold would have been such a great call out. Uh, that's the one thing Strickland won't do, oddly enough. He'll he'll say almost anything. He won't call anybody out. He has no interest in in, in that part uh, that the playing that political part of uh, of matchmaking uh, in the UFC, which is fine. I, I I respect it to a certain degree, but I think that would have been the perfect call out to make 
uh, after winning your first UFC main event. He's he's still a recognizable name. You guys were pushing this uh, potential matchup a lot on the shows leading up to uh, UFC Vegas 33, saying either Hall or Strickland would be a great sort of welcome back fight for for um, for Rockhold. So in this case, Strickland now makes more sense. I feel. So uh, yeah, I wish I wish he had called that out. That would have been really fun. I'm surprised. I thought the other name I thought, when I said the two names I thought you were thinking of, I thought you meant uh, Rockhold and Vittori. Um, no, not Vittori, because Vittori and Costa are gonna fight. It seems a lot of, it seems like a lot of Vittori and the listeners, a lot of Vittori from the listeners. I mean, I'd like to see it, but I, I think the path is. It seems like him and Costa are on a collision course right now, and both seem to want. Even Paulo Costa wants that fight, which is very hard to lock Paulo Costa down because the way he thinks, he feels like Israel Desanya should rematch him, which is just asinine. Uh, but be that as it may, big win for Sean Strickland. Uriah Hall, I, I don't know where he goes from here. It's just kind of a, a tough spot for him. I feel like any glimmer of hope of fighting for a world title is... I'm not going to say it's gone, because you never know. It's Maybe a short-notice opportunity pops up against a top-five guy, and he makes it happen. And this sport just has so many crazy twists and turns. But I feel like in the normal build to a title shot moving up in the rankings i feel like uriah is going to need a whole hell of a lot of luck and he hasn't had a lot of that over the last few years but it, it would be a, like a michael bisping-esque uh sh- shock for him to get a title shot and win it at this point which again it happened for michael bisping uh their careers i'm not i'm their careers are aren't like you know super similar but there were definitely moments with uh with michael bisping many moments in his ufc career where i, I fans had kind of been like he would take a loss after like a three fight winning streak or something like that and fans would be like it's not going to happen for Bisping. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. But like you said, he injury opportunity, that's how it comes up. You get it, you get you just it's just your night, you know? Uh so it that it but it, it would have to be that level of surprise at this point for him to become a champion and I think most people consider Michael Bisping to be one of the least likely uh champions uh, ever in UFC history. So it's to be tough. Yes. Uh by the way, if you hear any sort of drilling or power tool sounds, uh <laughs> We're getting the finishing touches done on our back deck, so you might hear some power tools. Not that we can really do about that, so just kind of bear with it. Uh, co-main event, Cheyenne Bays makes the most of her opportunity. She steamrolls and violently puts away Gloria DePaula in a minute for her first UFC win. A lot of people saying it's lucky. I don't know why people just dislike Cheyenne Bays that much and discredit her. I don't, I don't know, but... I think it's just people trying to be too smart. I think nowadays people are trying to be like, they, anytime they see a grounded anything close to a grounded strike it's one of the most like controversial things that happens in our sport people are just so quick to want to be like oh i saw i saw that i saw that no one else saw that and, and it's like guys you're overthinking this one where were gloria de Paula's hands on the ground when the kick connected no that's it and end of debate and yeah. you guys don't gotta overthink this one or, or, or it's not the zapruder foot film you know it's like it was it's a legal kick it was 100 percent legal i think she timed it well and and if there's luck involved just as much as there is in any other aspect of mma there you go so she gets her first ufc win first uh-huh. ufc performance bonus and like i've been saying and you know we, we kind of knew this off the contender series dana white and the ufc they see something in her she has all the makings of a potential star in their eyes there's something there because she is very very violent she can speak she's got the gift of gab Let's be honest, I'm a married man, but I'll say it anyway. She's not terrible to look at. There's some things she needs to firm up in terms of her overall skill set, most notably her wrestling and you know just getting up off her back. But 
big win for her coming off that monster at Conejo decision loss in her octagon debut. And, and the theme for like these next four fights, AK probably for the rest of the card, if we were going to match make for it, if we're being honest is so many options for the winners because of where they are currently at in the rankings, their octagon tenures, etc. There's no real wrong answer here. So to me, let's just go ahead, rebook the K Hansen fight. Kay was dealing with some injuries. She looks to be ready to book a fight again. I'm sure Bay's, doesn't want to wait all that long to get back in there, especially with the financial side of things. She said she's very, very broke. Bonus will help, but she ain't going to get that check for a, a few months. If if you hear any interviews with fighters who have won bonuses, it's not something that just pops into your bank account right away. It takes a few months to get in there. So if Kay can go in maybe September, I'm sure that would work out swimmingly for one Cheyenne Bayes. That's where I'm at, AK. What say you? Well, I don't know. I don't know. See, Cheyenne said after she was asked about the Kay Hansen rebooking uh, at the post-fight press conference, and she said after actually she's not interested in that fight right now. Um, it, it has to do with the fact that they've they've uh, both been doing. Uh, oh, sorry, you know, uh, Cheyenne Bay has been spending some time at the UFCPI, and uh, Hansen Kay Hansen's been there as well, rehabbing some health issues she's been dealing with. So she said they've kind of run into each other a few times. Uh, so I guess there's not not that they're friends, not that they would never fight, but at this moment she's kind of like, oh, we're kind of on good terms. And she was saying she's very aware of um, the health problems that she didn't want to divulge, of course, the health problems that uh, Kay is kind of dealing with right now. And so she didn't really feel like comfortable calling her out and wanting to rebook it. It, it was asked at the press conference, so I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon. Probably someday. I think I think it ine- inevitably happens. I just don't think they rebook that next. Um, so, so that's also, by the way, that response is for a lot of readers were also saying just, just rebook uh, Cheyenne Bays and Kay Hansen. So that's for all the uh, readers slash listeners out there. Uh, probably not right now. I think she's she's kind of respecting whatever's going on uh, on Kay Hansen's side right now. So uh, I went with uh, Mallory Martin. Let's do Mallory Martin out there uh, because it's a good matchup. It's like you said, we were talking about this before the show, Mike. You found this like easy to do because the options were all over the place. I was kind of like paralyzed by choice. Uh, in, in, a, in a Sylvia in a Sylvia Plath-esque state of, of indecision because there was just so many options and eventually I let go and, and, and just made some picks just to get this show done but it's kind of weird like uh, to have this this card like you said this is a main card full of fighters who can go in so many different directions so uh, yeah Mallory Martin there's no really big narrative to it there won't be probably for the next like you said the rest of the picks we make here um, just a good matchup uh, similar level of experience and, and uh, where they are in their careers so yeah I mean again you can't go wrong if they did Kay Hansen that's fine if they mm-hmm. did uh, Hannah Goldie that's fine Diana mm-hmm. Balbita that's fine I mean literally yep. the, there's I, the first thing I thought of and I was hesitant to say it was Jin Yu Fry and I know like Cheyenne and Jin have been training partners in the past, mm-hmm. but apparently Cheyenne has had a falling out with with Fortis MMA and Safe Sayud. Oh, that's right, that's right. So maybe you could build that storyline. I, 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 if that's the case, if they're not like buddies, if she's just completely just left Fortis and has turned her back on everybody there, that's a good story. Why the Mike, hell not? Do you want to stir that pot the next time you have uh, Cheyenne on on your show? Can you just do a little, just you know, a little question, just like. Uh, why? Why did? <laughs> just phrase it like this, Mike. Phrase it like, uh, what did Jin Yu Fry do to make you leave Fortis MMA? <laughs> speak, speak, speak freely. You know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but speak. No, okay, no. I, yeah, yeah. It's like you said. As far as we know, they're pretty chummy. Pretty chummy when they were trained together at Fortis. So I'd be surprised if there was that was uh, any, in any way related to her leaving. But uh, you're right. They're te- they're not training partners anymore. 
a lot of uh, this is another one that was popular in listener suggestions, uh, Baze versus Jin Yu Fry. So seems more possible now than it did uh, after uh, Baze's debut. I'm just going to say, who would you rather fight, Kay Hansen or Jin Yu Fry? There you go. Oh, there you go. Perfect. There you go. And, and you say, I'm only accepting those two answers. Yeah, and then I can follow <laughs> up from there. I am working on Cheyenne Baze for what the heck. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh... The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jared Gooden, AK, steps in on a few days notice against Nicholas Stolze. What, what, what a dramatic week it had been for him. Doesn't think he's fighting. Finds out he's fighting. Finds out the day of the fight, hours before, that he's not fighting. And then, like, two <laughs> hours later, he's fighting again. And he delivers a quick finish. Beautiful right cross, just over a minute in. And with that, he gets his first UFC win. What a night for the night train. Where does he go from here? Gabe Green? Gabe Green. Again, just went to my <laughs> rankings. I, I, look, I've been, as people know, I've been keeping my own rankings since well before we just started the MMA Fighting Global Rankings. Uh, yeah, so I've got this list, and there's a range of guys that are in Jared Gooden's range. Gabe Green is one of them. And that's it. Uh, Gabe Green, a very, very fun offensive fighter. Uh, he's going to stand. He's going to bang. Uh, I mean, he can mix it up too, but so can Jared Gooden. But I think primarily be a striking affair. And and uh, even even in Jared Gooden's losses, you kind of saw what a what a fun like striker he could be. You know, in in at at, at one seventy, he's just he's physically quite again the, the the length he has is just really unmatched almost in, in the division. So you can see what a dangerous striker he would be. So let's keep him in that vein. Um, stick it stick him in fights that'll you know primarily be stand up. And uh, so yeah, so Gabe Green out there. Yeah, Jared, Jared's a, a super fun fighter. He's been a guy that has been on my radar for several years now. And it, it's just mental hurdles with him. You know, does he want to be there? Does he have the confidence and the belief in himself? And it feels like he's getting there. This, honestly, with, with, with the crop of fighters we're going to be talking about, this was probably the easiest one for me. And it, it hit me right away. Jeremiah Wells. I mean, good Lord. Can you imagine... What will happen when those two guys get in there? Two powerhouses with big finishing ability. Both guys coming off their first UFC wins. Both guys probably felt like they were uh, they got the hose job by not getting bonuses after said first <laughs> UFC victory. So that's a fan-friendly fight. Got no issue with that one. I think that, that one absolutely rules, AK. Yeah, and, and two guys, again, who... Who probably overperformed uh, given when it was expected. Gooden, like I said, showing up in less than a week. Uh, Jeremiah Wells being matched up with it was uh, Worley Alves, right? He knocked yep. out Worley Alves. 
Yeah, crazy. I did, did not expect that at all. Uh, so yeah, without put reward reward the these surprising wins with uh, with a matchup with one another. What an octagon debut it was for Melsic Bagdasarian stops a young talented prospect in Colin Anglin in the second round. This kid, Melsic, is very talented. One of the probably under-the-radar contender series contract winners, but a lot of skill. Very dangerous guy. He's got a very bright future. Excited to see where his career goes. I wish I could like go into the to the future like three years and see where he's at because i i mean i'm really excited to see his development but he's got one ufc win and his only try there's no need to rush him ak again i mean i love how we throw out these names and there's question marks marks attached to them instead of exclamation points tj brown i mean tj brown seems like a, a fine choice i mean tj is a guy who's improved quite a bit of course He's with James Krause, who was not nominated for the Fighters Only Coach of the Year Award in, in the year of our Lord 2021. He had that fun fight with Kai Kamaka. It was a little controversial in terms of the judging, but really what event doesn't have that these days? TJ got his first UFC win. I think that's a fun scrap. Why the hell not? I knew pretty much nothing about Bagdasarian before uh, Saturday's card. Uh I think I usually make a lot of notes before the cards, usually the, the week of during fight week. I did not even know this fight was happening until Monday. I think I was like looking at the card. I'm like, I'm like, uh, Colin Anglin. I'm, I was a little more familiar with. He he won a contender series contract. Um, Bagdasarian was a contestant on the on the contender series, and he won his fight, uh, beating uh, Dennis Bazooka Bazooka Joe Dennis Bazooka, and um, but didn't get a contract. Did not get a contract. So I just wasn't familiar with him. It's a, I just and. Uh, Boy, uh, I, I was I shocked uh, by what I saw. It just looked very seasoned against again a guy a guy like Colin Anglin, who I still think is a solid prospect. But uh, Bagdasarian now six and one, six straight. Uh, he lost his pro debut. That's it. He's won six straight fights. Four of his wins, Mike, uh, are first round finishes that happen in 32 seconds or less. So he's handled his business on the regional scene. Let's put it that way. And uh, he's an Armenian fighting out of California. So this is my little Bagdasarian. Uh, info package for people who want to know more about him um, but I'm sure we're going to find out a lot more uh, in, in the, the months to come and maybe years to come to anywhere he goes so uh, match up for him I like him versus the Luis Saldana Austin Lingo winner again on August 21st I'm really looking forward to this August 21st it's going <laughs> to answer, answer a lot of questions for me but yeah two guys again both around the same level of experience both in terms of UFC experience and the kind of competition that they fought before coming to the UFC so uh, yeah just good good fight there we move to the welterweight division. Jason Witt, another James Krause pupil. Picks Why didn't a, you tell me? Why you didn't know you that? Know, how, you, how do you not know that by now? I don't know. He's I'm like a so homegrown, bad. bred oh, James Krause guy. I'm so bad at remembering coaches and teams. Well, so be bad. that as it may, Jason Witt gets a majority decision win in the main card opener over Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. Brian Barbarina, one of the toughest individuals in the world. Guy has just gone through so much physically, able to battle through some of those health problems got back in the cage it was a wild fight i don't want to discredit jason witt but that's not he shouldn't have won the fight it should have been a draw all day long how do you not give brian barberina 10-8 round the third like Insane. how do you not it's it's absolutely Insane. ridiculous now mike would you have been okay with 28 27 for wit if it had been a 10-8 second and a 10-8 third I would have been more okay with it. 
right? But I think I, I, I think Barberina's third well. was more was a more clear cut ten eight. Yes, exactly. If I was going to only give one ten eight, I would have given the one ten eight to Barberina for the third. The wit did hurt him pretty badly in the second, but there was I can't remember which judge it was. The one of the judges who obviously gave it to um, to wit gave a 10-8 second to wit but not a 10-8 third to bar so it's just it's the consist as we always say with the judges it's it's not about necessarily them being wrong but it's the consistency uh that's so frustrating so i agree it should have been a draw i'm kind of okay with 28 27 but you had that you had to give barbarina a 10-8 third i feel so yeah i'm with you i'm with you I, it's been a horrible eight days for judging horrible mm. just atrocious mm. uh it's just been absurd but Bellator, I mean, because Bellator is really, really bad. There were some bad decisions, some really awful scorecards. UFC was really crappy last week. Not much better this week, but be that as it may, didn't really need the judges a whole hell of a lot on this UFC card because there were a ton of finishes. But listen, Jason Witt, uh, just a just a scrapper, man. He's a grinder. He's grinded his way into the UFC. He's got a couple of wins under his belt now. Where does he go from probably the biggest victory of his career? First, how does let me ask answer a question with a question. <laughs> how does Wit? I'm I'm still befuddled by this whole Jason Wit thing. Uh, that I I'm stupid that I should have known he was with James Cross. How does he this guy get knocked out in like a combined like 60 seconds by two of his UFC opponents, and then he gets in there with Brian Barberina and eats like 30 Brian Brian Barberina he- haymakers to the head and doesn't get taken. How does this happen? How does, is is it just, I don't know, maybe Barbarina has the time off, took a little pop out of his punches on, on Saturday. I don't know how Witt took some of those punches and did not go down. I, I, do you know what I'm saying, though, Mike? Like, he's lost in very quick fashion to some uh, his two losses in the UFC. What did I, I tell you about the Matthew Samuelsberger fight? Like, me, do, you, do, do you remember? that no. it was It was the, the People's Pre-Fight Show. We talked about uh-huh. his fight with Matthew Samuelsberger. That was the opening fight of the card, and I said yes. one of two things is going to happen: Jason Witt is going to learn to, is going to land a takedown in the first ten seconds, or he's going to get knocked out in the first ten seconds. I was off by six seconds. He got knocked out in sixteen seconds. Right. But if Jason Witt can't get going with his wrestling early, that's what typically happens. But Jason Witt's such a good wrestler, like and he showed that in this fight. Like he came out early, stood with Barberina a little bit, but immediately took him down. And that was like the difference in the fight. Usually, like his mojo kind of builds up, like his oh his my. power levels, a la video games, grows with these takedowns. And then he's got ar- he's got more of a, you know, more durability. I can't argue with that. It's the only explanation. It's That's the it. only explanation because he was getting hit so clean in the third <laughs> round. Even in some some of the rounds he won, he was getting hit pretty clean. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Lyman good. That's it. That's, that's all I have to say. Jason Witt, Lyman good. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm Samesies. I also owe Lyman good. Why not? So, why not? Lyman that's good. the kind of card this was. That's the kind of card this was. It's just, it's amazing the card just came together and happened and was as good as it was. As Lyman good as it was, you might say. Hey. Oh, gosh. You're showing that Jason Witt on this <laughs> Sunday morning. Oh, <laughs> We're, forget Tony the listeners. Horn. We're done. Make it on air horn. <laughs> edit, edit. Uh, yeah, I, good. We're on the same page. Live yes. Good. Uh, now we're going to head to the wild card round in record time and discuss one fighter we have not match made for yet. And we'll uh, go ahead and do that right now. So I'm interested, AK. What is your wild card matchup coming out of UFC Vegas 33? I had to do something for poor Kai Kamaka. Uh, you mentioned the T.J. Brown fight and and how controversial that one was. I I did a robbery review and I think I leaned towards that it was a robbery. Uh, 
you guys can check that out mafighting.com correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure i i, I agreed uh, with some of the popular sentiment at the time that kamaka should have gotten that win um it, what a roller coaster again his last two fights yes the the close call with uh, tj brown and then uh the self-inflicted kind of uh chaos he caused on himself on saturday with a brutal double eye poke almost an eye like an eye dragging like a a double claw down across uh, across his opponent's eyes. Uh, Danny Chavez, horrible to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad they gave Danny Chavez a lot of time, just like got you know figure it out and, and and put some water in it and just you know can you fight and and then uh, and then immediately a low. Blow. So gosh, just chaos for Kaikum. And by the way, that low blow, it was a low blow, but it hit the body too. If you watch the re- I don't know how close you watched the replay, Mike, on that one. I know. Um, all of us were kind of juggling Bellator and, and UFC duties, but uh, watch that replay if you get the chance of the Kai Kamaka low blow. It's a knee that lands right on the stomach, but definitely kind of glances at the cup, and he loses the point for that. I'm okay with it because it's kind of he should have lost the point for the eye poke, but it was a very strange situation and then ending in a very frustrating draw for uh, for Kai Kamaka and for Danny Chavez. So um, I just want to give him a, another good fight coming up, a, a great matchup, one a fight I think he can win, or at the very least get a conclusive ending to one of his fights one that just doesn't leave him sleepless at night um i like kai kamaka and bill algio you know ak we are best friends we've been doing this for a long time and i knew you were gonna go with kai kamaka and honestly considering like who we haven't discussed yet kai kamaka is probably the most interesting name left yes to choose from so i'm i went ahead and i'm throwing a little curveball here I'm going to go ahead and choose a fighter who was supposed to fight on this card, but didn't. What? And I'm picking him for almost the same reasons. He just had some awful luck. And he's had awful luck since coming to the UFC. So I'm going to go with Trevin Jones. Good old five-star. And I'm going to throw him in there with a veteran, a guy who I think would be a really interesting test. My wild card pick, even though he didn't fight, through no fault of his own, Trevin Jones versus Lewis Smolka. I think Sean O'Malley is beyond the Smolka fight after 264. The ship has unfortunately sailed for Mr. Smolka on uh, on that end. Trevin's an exciting up-and-comer. I think Trevin deserves a fight like that. So, you know what? Perhaps I'm cheating, but he didn't compete, and it was through no fault of his own. I, 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 Mike, I like it when you think outside the box. It makes me feel a bit <laughs> dumb, but I like when you think outside the box. It's funny that when you said I'm going with a name that didn't compete on this card, I was like, that could literally be like 15 people. <laughs> that is, people go to the Topology page for uh, UFC fight. What's it called? UFC Fight Night Hall versus Strickland, UFC Vegas 33, whatever, and just go scroll to the bottom and see the canceled and fizzled bouts. It's all neatly laid out there. So many fights that didn't happen or have been postponed or again fizzled. Just a brutal, brutal, unlucky card. Uh, for the for the UFC, and uh, I'm glad that the fighters who were on it got to fight and show out and do their thing. But boy, this is uh, these this these cards a week really take their toll. Uh, I think on the sanity of the of the matchmaker sometimes. But uh, yeah, Trevin Jones, a really fun guy to watch, and a shame uh, uh, him and going to be one of the best fights uh, best fights on the card. So yeah, shame we didn't get to see it. All right, do we have uh, some check the tapes? Did anyone call me yeah. out? What's going on? No. Uh, oh. Uh, oh boy. Later, I think there is. No, it's not a mean one. I think that, I do think you were addressed directly though, or it's someone asking for credit for something. Anyway. Uh, yeah. No, we had some very good check the tapes. Uh, listeners, Mike, you, me, the listeners, we're all on top of these. Of course, two of the biggest fights uh, that it looks like they're happening: 
Usman versus Covington too, and uh, Gaethje versus Chandler is one that pe- a lot of people wanted. And the, those are both, I believe, going down. UFC 268, November 6th. So that's massive. Um, you, Mike, you and uh, the UFC report both called, for, both heavily campaigned for this. I know you you really wanted this. You said this was the you finally found the right matchup for Walt Harris. And it looks like we're getting tied to Ivasa versus Walt Harris, uh, UFC 267, October 30th. The battle of good versus good. Um, so that's uh, that, that's a fun watch. So credit to you and the UFC report. And then myself and a, a listener named G and another listener, Thomas Collins, uh, we all correctly picked that Mateus Nicolau would fight uh, Tim Elliott. And that's happening October 9th. So high fives all around. Good work, everyone. We're, we're crushing this, crushing this stuff. That's right. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, uh, in less than 30 minutes, we're going to the peeps. And I got to say, I I didn't expect to see a lot of suggestions. Uh, we got a bunch of them. And on top of that, we got a good amount of, of newcomers. So I'm very happy about that. Oh, I love it. Love uh, the newbies. I love the newbies. While you look, I will remind people, standard disclaimer, guys. Yes. Try to focus on winners. Again, I know some of you guys do crazy up and down matchmaking, and that's cool. And if you have a really fun one for one of the losers of the card, of course, we'll bring it up. Uh, again, normally we only we try to talk about unique matchups. You know, just uh, if they if they pile up, we kind of lump them together. The fighter could already book. This happened a bunch of times. This happens a bunch of times every week. People check topology, check whatever schedule you see, and see if they're matched up yet. And don't waste our time. You may have just made another kind of mistake, wrong weight class. The people fought already recently. You forgot someone's injured, whatever. And of course, your pick might just be doo doo. And if it is, we probably will not read it. Your disclaimer has led to other disclaimers when people make their fights. Oh my god! I know that. Hopefully, like that. <laughs> you know, first time, don't beat me up too badly. Things like that. Um, people, good. They should feel. I want people <laughs> who message us to feel threatened. That is the vibe that I am trying to create here. All right, let's get through. The, let's fire through these. Brandon Nunez, uh, Brian Barberina versus Mike Perry, Jason Witt versus Diego Lima, Cheyenne Bays versus Loma Lukbunmi. I thought about that one. It'd be a fun little stand-up affair. Oh, I think Loma's a little too high on the on the totem pole right now. Maybe. A I mean, nice if, M- MMA experience-wise, obviously on paper it looks okay, but I, I agree. I think she's. If you think at all her combat sports experience, a little bit, a little bit ahead of uh, Cheyenne. Uh, Uri Hall versus Edmund Shabazian, Strickland versus Call Me Crazy, Paulo Costa. 
Although I think, I mean, listen, it's not a bad idea. No, I thought about that. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, yeah. It'd be fun, but I feel like cost inventory are on a collision course right now. Uh, Keegan Elliott, newcomer. Welcome, Keegan. Welcome, Keegan. Hey, Mike, first off, love the podcast. Hope you and AK had a great weekend and enjoyed the fights. My next matchup after this weekend is Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson. Great test of Strickland's ground game against a guy with Mm -hmm. solid wrestling and grappling. Also, shout out from Kansas. Thank you, Kansas Keegan. Kansas. We're getting some play in Kansas, Mike. We're getting some play in Kansas. Different parts of the world. And even if we're getting some Kansas dots in there, I'm very excited about this. Shout out to the Jayhawks. Our man Conwizzle91, Sean, crazy week for this card. I can't remember a card losing so many fights in the lead-up week before. For matchmaking, we got another Strickland versus Hermanson. Mm. Uh, Cheyenne Bays versus Jinyu Fry. think that would make sense. I'd like to see Jason Witt versus Max Griffin. That's fun. Jared Gooden versus Impica Sangani. That's fun. How about this one, AK? A wicked fun matchup between Brian Barberina and Carlos Condit. I, I think a lot of I don't know if it's time for that I I, I wish I you know I wish I had just I made Barbarina my wild card because I do feel like I should have put more thought into what's next for him I'm, I'm, I'm a fan I'm a fan of Brian Barbarina's work and it was nice to see him back after getting that laparotomy what was it Mike it was um it's a heart related thing laparotomy yeah emergency laparotomy so it's nice to see him back so soon I mean that was less than a year ago I think um so yeah, I'm not against that matchup. It would be fun. I, I, I feel like there's other people lining up to fight Condit, so Barbarina might not get that. But I'm certainly not against it. I kind of like Barbarina versus Mickey Gall too. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. And if you know, if, if Barbarina wants to fight Condit, the winner can fight Condit. There you go, old school. Put Car- Carlos Condit on a pole match. I dig it. <laughs> uh, John Ray. Sorry, the card wasn't sexy. So neither are my picks. Jason Witt versus Alex Morono. All right. Uh, Bag versus Chase Hooper. No. No. We're not doing that to poor Chase Hooper. Come on now. Chase, Chase is going to melt my kitchen body. We've spoken many times, but uh, we think Chase Hooper's a talented kid, but it's just being pushed into tough matchups way too soon. That does not need to happen. Yeah, that does not need to happen. Uh, I, I see where you're coming from, though. Like experience, so forth and so on. Uh, Jared mm-hmm. Gooden versus the Zawada. Ken Dosko winner, not a bad idea. Bays versus a Belbita, Strickland versus Rockhold, and this is it. He also said uh, Pitbull versus McKee too at lightweight. But here's the most interesting one, AK. Hear me out, he says. Nico Montano versus Amanda Nunes. The reason he's selecting this quote so Amanda can beat every women's flyweight, bantamweight, and featherweight champion in UFC history. Can, can I get your reaction to this? <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave Nico alone right now, all right? I don't know I don't know what's going on with Nico. I don't even... I just think she needs to step away from... Again, we've said this multiple times. Either from the UFC and maybe from fighting for a little bit and just kind of get her 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 house in order, as it were. Yes. Um, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to try not to repeat here. Poppy underscore Brian. Going to keep it short this week. So many possible matchups. Lots of good fights. Uh, we already got that one. Uh, Bagdasarian versus Sean Woodson. The gun versus yeah, the sniper. Sorry. That's like a good that. one. Mm. Uh, so thank you. Everything else we have discussed already. Uh, where are we at here? Owen Carroll. Strickland versus me. Bonus. Is it foolish of me to say AJ McKee versus Max Holloway? 
not foolish. Look, I'd love look, to see that fight right now. On, on this show, we do both what we think could happen, and sometimes we just wave our magic wand and say, if I had the power, all the power in the matchmaking world, this is what I would do. I mean, if I had all the, that's, I mean, well, for me, it would be him or, or uh, I was going to say, yeah, maybe Holloway would be my top choice because we have Volkanovski and Ortega obviously coming up already. So that's a fight I'm looking forward to. Yeah, if I were to pick McKee and literally any featherweight in the world right now, I think maybe Holloway would be my, my top choice. I think that'd be the only fight that would keep him at 145, for being honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why not do it at 155? Or you could do it at 155. But, the, I mean, this would be this would be the discussion for the best featherweight in the world, so un- okay. unfortunately you got to kind of have to... Well, Volkanovski's in there, so... That's true. I'm not. I'm not here for the MMA fighting's anti-Volkanovski agenda. I've the, people. This is anyone who, if somehow someone listens to all of our shows, you may have heard a lot of anti-Volkanovski being number one. He's number one in my rankings. I'll tell you that right friggin' now. Mine too. Uh, thank you, Mike. You know, but we have some malcontents uh, on our on our staff. Uh, specifically, one. I should say maybe I shouldn't call everyone. I'm looking at our in our global rankings. People go there. They can see how many, how the first place votes votes were distributed. And uh, it's Volkanovski has seven, Max Holloway has one out of our eight-person panel. So I mean, you guys can, you guys can draw your own conclusions, but Volkanovski's the number one. Come on. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you beat a guy twice, I'm sorry, even though there were close fights. They were close. Although the first one I didn't think was very. The first close. one wasn't that close. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other people feel differently. I mean, it was it was a very good fight to watch, but I thought Volkanovski clearly won that fight. The second fight was one of the best fights of the year, one of the most underappreciated it. fights that we've seen in several years. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, Phil Rowe versus Mike Perry. Winner go home for Perry. I don't know if that'll happen. I think those guys, I don't know if they're tight, um, but they might have a relationship, so I don't know. Uh, Jason Witt versus Borley Alves, two great underrated welterweight wrestlers. This would be a great scrap. Jared Gooden versus Nicholas Dalby. That would be fun. Bagdasarian versus Josh Kulabau. That would be fun. M. Rodriguez wants a big step up for Cheyenne Bays versus Felice Herrig. Great test for Bays. Winnable fight mm-hmm. for Herrig. Um, it's something that could happen in the future. As far as I know, Herrig is still recovering from a knee injury and surgery. Um, I don't think she'll... I don't know if she'll be back by the end of the year. But I, I mean, on the safe side, I don't think we see her until 2022. But she also makes a lot of money outside the UFC. She's in no rush to get back on that grind, and I don't blame her. Felice Herrig, live live your life and and do you, lady, because uh, I think you got a good thing going on uh, with. I think she's. I, I don't want to say she's one of the first, but she her. I, I know she did start or whatever in OnlyFans, probably one of the earliest to really MMA fighters to really jump on that. And as far as I know, she's doing very very well in that endeavor. And I say, uh, you know me, I'll always say, have at it. And if uh, you don't need to fight, we'd love to see Police Herrick fight again. If she chooses not to, more power to her. Uh, I'm going to save that one for later. I think I'm going to need that one. Uh, Chris London, what an S show. Let's effing go. <laughs> Did he, are you are you censoring or is that? I'm censoring the first half of that. LFG okay. was the yes, other. Uh, right. Uh, another Strickland Hermanson. Bays versus Granger. I think Granger is pregnant if memory serves me is correctly. she i'll look that up real quick keep going mike uh gordon versus Munir lazez uh bagdasarian versus yusuf salah i thought about that one um man that's that's another tough fight for yusuf jason witt versus mike perry again uh grutzmacher versus hadzevich adashev versus the cape osborne loser uh roe versus wade <laughs> that's very funny chris 
it, does he want to drag over Chris Wade from the PFL just to just to just to make that? That's <laughs> that's very funny. That's a that that's a that that was a test. That's a keep you on your toes test. Make sure you're paying attention, not just yeah, yeah, exactly. Through these. He knows he knows. Sometimes we read these real fast and just kind of gloss over them. All right, no, 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 no. We're on to you, buddy. Well done. We saw what you tried to do there. Uh, Liam Jeffrey, first time contributor. So go easy on him. Uh, Strickland Hermanson, we got that one. Rescheduled Bays versus Hanson. Witt versus Gooden. Just match up the winners. Liam, I'm with you, buddy. Bagdasarian versus T.J. Brown. Some bonus picks. McKee versus the winner of Borch versus Wilson. He's saying, you know what? Stay at 145. Defend or vacate, baby. Just do it. Uh, Mads Burnell versus Aaron Pico. That's a crazy fight. Is it? I'm so protective of... That's probably a better word than that, but I'm, I'm, for lack of a better phrase, I'm so protective of Pico. I'm, I think, I, it's weird. It's like, I'd be just so happy to see him crushing, like, uh, again, sort of lesser known guys for like three more fights just because when he wins, it's so exciting. But I understand. I, people don't want him to, uh, uh, Pico, they don't want Pico to kind of fall into that Douglas, uh, not Douglas, MVP, uh, Michael Venom Page sort of, uh, you know, limbo where he's building up these nice wins, but it goes on for maybe like three or four years. And at some point you want to see him face like nothing. You actually want to see him consistently facing, you know, top contenders. So I get it. People don't want to see that happen to Pico, but he's so young. I would love to see him quote unquote, keep crushing cans, um, for like another year, but I could see the Brunel matchup being made. That's a really interesting fight. I, don't I think, I think Pico matches up really well with him. Brunel's so much more experienced, though. Yeah. So much more experienced. I just don't, I don't I know. Mean, Pico could just crack, and he could take, I mean, his wrestling is so good. Yeah. And I don't know if Brunel has that, like, I mean, Brunel looked really good on the feet against Emmanuel Sanchez. Probably the best he's looked on the feet since, mm-hmm. you know, since he even said it was uh, his last Cage Warriors fight. But I don't know if he has that kind of success against a, a, a guy with the boxing cr- uh, credentials of Aaron Pico. So that's an interesting fight. I, I don't want to see it now, but uh, definitely, definitely an interesting fight. Uh, by the way, oh, by the way, you're right. Miranda uh, Miranda Granger is pregnant currently. Yep. pregnant. So congratulations, sir. Uh, Matt Ravelli, thank you. Another uh, another Strickland versus Hermanson. Appreciate you. Uh, our man Christian Lee, Adeshev versus Chris Moutinho at 125. Yep, saw that. Yeah, dig it. Yeah, makes sense. Grutzmacher versus Michael Johnson. I like that. That that, that was probably my favorite. I, I got that too. That was probably my favorite Grutzmacher uh, matchup I saw. Uh, Jared Gooden versus Ian Gary. Solid. Welcome to the UFC. I like that fight. People are really trying to. They, they were doing this last week too with like things that they want to make. Not did they want Mickey Gall? There's a lot of there's a lot of excitement about around Ian Gary and the matchups are kind of all over the place though. Uh, our man Tristan Gordet, I could see this one. There you go. We're getting better. That was that was just a one time thing. Uh, another one for Strickland Hermanson. I really want the rematch between Brendan Allen, but I think Strickland will turn that fight down. I think he wants to fight up and doesn't feel he should give Allen the rematch because he already slept him. Women's strawweight Cheyenne Bays versus Jinyu Fry. Jared Gordon or Jared Gooden, excuse me, versus Phil Rowe. Not gonna happen. Those two are definitely teammates. Uh, even even after Phil Rose win, he shouted out Jared Gooden. So um, said his teammate was fighting a little bit later. I don't see that fight happening. Bagdasarian versus Tucker Lutz. That is a crazy prospect fight right there. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah. Uh, Jason Witt versus Gabe Green. Uh, 
And then he threw in some Bellator and noted, I'm kind of a casual fan when it comes to Bellator. I do not know all the fighters. Haven't seen many of them fight, so I just went off fighters' records for my Bellator fight suggestions. Uh, Usman Magomedov versus Stornbach. Okay. Uh, oh, boy. I'll save that one. Uh, Godzi Rabadonov versus Lance Gibson Jr. Sure. I want to see Rabadonov uh, as much as possible at this point. Kassan Magomed Sharapov versus Aviv Ghazali. I don't think there's any chance in hell mm. Bellator makes that fight right now. No, but I, I like to think I like the idea though. I, I'm I, never never. Uh, who is this who made these suggestions, Mike? That's Tristan Gordet. Tristan Gordet, our boy Tristan. I I, I admire the effort. Uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, being less familiar with another promotion, and I'm glad you at least. It sounds like you at least watched the card and uh, you know took a look at the roster. So well done. And Nadira or Nadira. Uh, excuse me if I mispronounce that. Uh, she is jumping in, first-time matchmaking suggester. Uh, my Otno picks are for Warrior Princess Cheyenne Bays versus Diana Belbita. Princesses. Feels like they're both princesses. Uh, Strickland Hermanson, <laughs> Ginny Fry versus the winner of Karolina Kovacavich versus Jessica Penne. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that one at all. So that was that was who was that? Uh, Ginny Fry versus, versus uh, the winner of Kovacavich Penne. I saw some people saying that for Bays, and I'm like, mm, maybe a little too soon. Oh, I, I, I was just looking up. Sorry, I was just looking up the uh, the princess thing. Yeah, warrior princess versus what's what's Shine Bays against? She's the uh, what's her nickname? I forget. It is it is a princess something. Oh, I know the, her, just her, war uh, her princess. Her handle's like is like Chevy War Princess or it's something. War right? princess. And then so she is the so she is the princess versus the war princess i didn't the war the warrior princess excuse warrior me. warrior so. princess versus the war princess goodness me i hadn't even thought of that that's a great we need to, i gotta hashtag that there you go and i have to make that fight <laughs> uh aj mckee defend his featherweight title against literally anyone before fighting pitbull again for the lightweight mm. strap okay and then she adds pitbull deserves his rematch in brazil and not sure what the COVID situation is but if it takes time to make that card in brazil aj Shouldn't wait. He should fight somebody else. Yeah, agree. Agreed. It, it would be it would be awesome if that fight happens someday. It won't be given our current situation, a global situation. It won't happen for a, a long time. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I I have no issue with what with what Eric Alvarez said. Uh, I'm glad Pitbull wasn't the one that said it. But listen, that's that's what Captain Eric does. Yeah, I have it, no issue with that. He he makes a point. It's, um, it's, but it's, I don't think they've not, ever been to Brazil, right? They've, no, they've never, never been to Brazil. They've never been. Look, and it's not to take away from McKee's victory, but if you don't think he had some advantage fighting in his hometown, as uh, Eric, uh, Coach Eric said, you know, uh, getting to sleep in his own bed, being in front of the fighting in the test where he grew up, that kind of support he got from the home crowd. Of course, he has an advantage. I mean, would he beat would he beat uh, Pitbull on a neutral territory? Could he beat Pitbull in Brazil? Of course, he could. He's, a, he's an amazing fighter. I, I, I pick him. I would pick him to beat Pitbull anywhere. But to say that um, he didn't have some sort of home field advantage is wrong. He did have a slight advantage, but you know how much that affected the fight is it's up to you, I guess. Up yep. to your opinion. Your turn, my friend. Oh goodness me. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, great, great stuff from the listeners as always, Mike. Uh, like I said, I think a lot of your listeners had some of this stuff covered. Strickland, I think, if I tallied the numbers right, at least on my side, the most popular suggestion I saw was Vittori. People really want to see the Vittori thing. And there's some funny comments about that matchup, which I will uh, read later. Uh, for Bagdasarian, yes, I, I like the Woodson matchup. A lot of, a few couple of people also said Tristan Connolly. I think I, think I like the Woodson one a bit more. Uh, Witt versus Max Griffin was mentioned, and he called out Griffin after. I just think Griffin's a little bit ahead of him. 
uh, in the UFC rankings. But I would have said the same thing about Barbarina as well. So um, clearly, they're, they're, you know, he has a he has a a lot of experience outside the UFC. So I think they're matching him up that way. So I think that would be um, that'd be a fair one. Um, Fry versus Conejo was like the biggest one. Um, so you know, if she's still pals with Cheyenne, kind of maybe get avenging that loss for her buddy, assuming they're still on still on good terms. Another one I saw, which I just need to debunk, was Fry versus uh, Mizuki Inoue. Uh, Inoue is recovering from ACL surgery since I think last November, and I mean that doesn't mean that couldn't be booked. It's just anytime um, a fighter's coming off a knee surgery, it's really hard to tell when they'll be back. Like it's probably at least a year to recover, and then after that, when will they take a fight? So. Um, in a way, matchups right now are a bit are a bit shaky. And then uh, for Adeshev, uh, made a big impact. People like him and JP Bays, uh, Malcolm Gordon, and the one the most popular one, him and Francisco Figueiredo. I think that's good. I think that's a logical test. Yeah, I don't have right? a problem with that. Yeah, I think that's a logical test. Uh, okay, so I'll hit. Uh, let's get more specific ones here. I'll hit up uh, first my emails. We only got one email. Do kids not use email anymore? <laughs> yeah, I don't has think email so. has email gone the way of regular mail? Um. Yeah, I, and maybe uh, the rotary telephone. Oh my god! For our younger listeners, by the way, uh, before email, um, when you wanted to send a message to someone who lived far away, you would actually physically use a pen or pencil. Again, I don't think you guys use those anymore either. And uh, and and write down on a piece of paper and stick it in an envelope, which you're <laughs> sure you're all familiar with, and actually had to put it in a box, and the box would magically send the this physical letter to another human being across the country or or across the world but um yes apparently email has fallen out of favor now because it's all it's all dms and instagrams and uh, uh this old man's rambling so uh one email was from one email is from robert miller thanks for chiming in robert he said he agreed with me hard card to match make for most of the winners can be booked practically anyone uh here are the most interesting picks i'm just going to read a couple here i like what he said uh, strickland rockhold he said rockhold has said won some in the top 10 this is a very intriguing fight for his return. This checks both boxes in Strickland. He says the trash talk would be insane. Strickland has developed a great personality. He deserves this fight. And then he also likes uh, Hall and Edmund Shabazian. He would love for Edmund to get a tune-up fight uh, when it comes to the rankings. Uh, oh, sorry, to get a tune-up fight. But when it comes to the rankings, he's surrounded by straight killers, so I don't think it's an option. So he's not calling uh, Uriah Hall a tune-up fight. Great stand-up battle for both guys, and even if he and if Edmund loses, it would knock him out of the top 15, and that he's saying that might be a good thing for him, um, so we can actually get some easier fights and, and maybe um, you know not not have to deal with all this hype. So thank you, Robert, for the email. Uh, Instagram, we got a new listener. It's I think they just signed up just to do Otno. This is from Darian, and they said first time Otno bad boy here. <laughs> Uzman Nurmagomedov looks just like Billy Q. It's just like Billy he Quarantino. Does. does he does. That's so funny. Does he? I, I had to look it up after Jamie. Jamie in the tr- Jamie. Can we put that on the screen, Jamie? Um, <laughs> That's pretty funny. I I hope people understand. I'm sure, actually I'm sure people did understand that. We are MMA fans. Uh, so <laughs> he says he looks just like Billy Q. He says, "Give me the cross promotion super fight." So I love that. Uh, thank you, Darian, for that. Michael Conifrey always coming in with good stuff. Uh, I want to read his Bagdasarian versus Yusuf. Zalal, uh, he says, just <laughs> how about the use of Zalal versus Melsic? Uh, it should test him to see if he has good enough head movement for Edmund. Um, I, hey, I, I, uh, he's not so uh, Melsic. He, sorry, uh, we should I say Bagdasarian? He he doesn't train with. Um, does he train with with the Edmund uh, with um, Edmund Tavertian? Yes. Yes, I know he's Armenian. I know he trains out of California. Uh, okay, I wasn't sure if it was, but it, okay, I should have assumed right. Um, he also likes 
Oh, yes. He also has a suggestion. Oh, Mike, this is a suggestion for you. He says, he says he notices nobody has made a what the heck pick in a while. I've got a suggestion for your show. He says, tell Mike to get Clay Collard on the program. Dude's story is so interesting, especially in the last year. Lit up boxing, got the biggest and most impressive win of his career against Pettis, and now is shooting for the PFL Million. So he wants to see you go uh, go three rounds with Clay Collard, Mike. That's uh, The fans demand it. And uh, I, let, let me tell you a little please, story about Clay please. Collard. Uh, I've interviewed, I interviewed Clay Collard one time in my career, once. He came, it was, uh, what event was it? Devon, it was the event Devontae Smith lost to Kama Worthy. And Clay Collard was a replacement opponent uh, for, I believe it was John McDessie. Clay Collard was the guy, came back, coming back to the UFC, uh, had, had some success in the boxing world. And then, like, I did the interview, and it never, actually, did it see the light of day? Yeah, I think I released it. And then, like, the next day, tested positive and was suspended by USADA. So, Clay Collard. Clay Collard. Oh, right. Okay, no, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, I, I would love to have that conversation again. Yeah. Someday. I, I spoke to him before the Pettis fight. I thought it was great, and I think uh, people, would, again, would, would love to get your take on that. Yeah. Um, Gooden versus Cowboy Oliveira? Too much? Mm, no, I don't think it's too much. Okay, all right. I, I raised an eyebrow, but like kind of said with wit, it's like I think the matchmakers really take into a lot of stock with some of these guys how much experience they have outside the UFC, and they're kind of like, okay, it's like you know they're they're pretty good at gauging how comparable it is, so it could happen. And 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 uh, Cowboy Oliveira has fought guys with all kinds of records, and he's like he's fought other veterans, he's fought newcomers, he's fought guys debuting. So uh, it's certainly it's yeah, because I think like I, I think Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov beats. Cowboy Oliveira pretty handily. Okay. Sure, and sure. Jared gave Abu Bakr a pretty tough fight. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, Strickland versus the Cannoneer Gaslam loser, which again, I kind of agree with. I, I feel like he should, I would really like to see a matchup with one of those guys. Uh, our resident author, uh, Just Call Me Bob. I can read his entire messages. It would take 10 minutes, but the man puts a very creative young man. Uh, so I'll just read what he had to say about Strickland and Vittori. He says, Like I said, I'm a mayhem kind of guy. I feel like you can't get this type of energy in a fight without introducing meth into the equation. So that's one uh, argument for uh, Strickland Vittori. And he has some key Pitbull thoughts too. AJ versus Pitbull for the 155 strap is literally the only answer. He won the strap by winning the contest, but he earned a champ champ chance with that performance. He made Pitbull look Pitbulliful. Pitbull, Pitbulliful, Pitbull. I would have said Pitbullful. Anyway, I think you know what uh, Just Call Me Bob was going for there. And uh, he also has a BTL suggestion. Okay. So first, he, he wants to give some love to Jed Mishu. Fine, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, everyone knows the MMA fighting family as someone rejoined the fold recently. This man knows his MMA and knows how to spit a take in a combative way. You knows him. I knows him. He's your favorite Canadian. That reminds you of a half-fish, half-human mutant abominations Ariel I'm so sorry give me <laughs> give me Jed Mishu versus Ariel Helwani so uh, <laughs> you know what it may happen someday uh, it will probably happen someday oh gosh I, I don't know if we're ready for that <laughs> but uh, thank you for this again this guy always writes wild wild messages but thank you I uh, just call me Bob MMA heads always coming up with some great matchups uh, I'm going to read them and Matt Bradbury together because they had a lot of overlap so between the two well no I shouldn't do that they should get their credit but uh, MMA heads reach out to Matt Bradbury on Instagram you guys have a lot of the same ideas or maybe even the same person because there's a lot of overlap here but um, ones where they didn't overlap 
Uh, MMA Heads is with me, Cheyenne Bayes, Mallory Martin. Uh, with you, Bagdasarian versus TJ Brown. Uh, rebook Chavez and Kamaka, run it back. I, I, I don't know. I don't think they need to. I got a pretty good idea of where both guys are going in their careers from that fight. I would watch it again, but yeah. I'd watch it. It's a good fight. Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. There's a lot of options, I think, for both guys. And uh, as you said, mentioned uh, Fry, Fry versus uh, versus Herrick. Matt uh, Bradbury, I'll read his, his hottest suggestion last. Uh, Witt versus Worley Alves. Gritzmacher versus John McDessie. Uh, also want to see the rebooking of Chavez Kamaka. As I'm saying, these guys are, are, are in lockstep. And then uh, he says, Patricia Pitbull versus Islam Mamadov from uh from from that so match him up from from that card that's that's uh, insane I, huh? that is insane he lost that fight he lost well uh, but, uh, but i mean but so did pitbull maybe he's matching up a loser versus uh, uh, two fighters who he thinks lost right <sighs> and then no, no, he no, went no. i love this i would rather get goes, i would rather brent premise get that fight he's been calling for pitbull for for like five years now Maybe he should have won the fight, Mike. Um, <laughs> he did. Go listen, ahead. this is listen. Uh, this I love this uh, McKee suggestion because this goes with kind of what uh, what one of your listeners had suggested to say. He just let him get a title of fight in there, like anyone. And if Bellator doesn't feel like any of their featherweight contenders are ready right now, if not the uh, you know the JJ Wilson, well, is it JJ Wilson and um, sorry, who's JJ Wilson? Fighting? Adam Borch. The JJ Wilson Borch winner. If it's like too soon for one of them, which I think it might be. He's uh, Matt Bradbury is sticking outside the box here. He says Yutaka Saito, who I believe is the Ryzen featherweight champion. So if you can bring him in, or if uh, Bellator can have a car, you know, do a cross promotional thing over in Japan, send McKee over there, have that be his first title defense, a champion versus champion fight, um, both titles on the line. That'd be exciting. That'd be kind of cool. I'd do a little belt collecting before going up and then get the featherweight belt. Uh, he got two belts, I think, for winning the Grand Prix, right? He got the he got Pitbull's belt, and did they also give him a brand uh, Grand Prix championship? Uh, AJ, just, I thought he had two belts after. I yeah. just don't know why. Okay. Yeah. I, I assume one of them was the Grand Prix Grand Prix belt, but uh, so thank you guys. Thank you, Instagram. Uh, now let's go to Twitter. Which is pretty busy. Someone tagged us both. My guy, I don't know if you saw Cub the Bulldog. Tag us both saying he wants to see Sean Strickland versus Paulo Costa. Uh, I'm just going to try so hard not to mess up this name. I asked him for pronunciation help. Matt Zwain. Matt Zwain. Uh, Strickland versus Hermanson. So he's in that camp. Thank you, Matt. Uh, first time, long time Otno listener. First time picker. Uh, Braden O'Neill, not a first timer. Always uh, love to hear from you, Braden. Strickland versus Gaslam. If he beats Cannoneer, I agree. I, I love that. Uh, Witt versus Mike Perry or Dwight Grant. Gritzmacher versus Mason Jones or Matt Favola. And Adeshev versus Moutinho. Uh, you mentioned that one, Mike. I, I That's a pretty high on my list. I do think, I think of all the Adeshev suggestions I saw, I think I really like that one. The I, I know I said Francisco Figueredo. I think either that or I think Moutinho would be really good. Yeah. Moutinho would be fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, idea. I think so. Uh, Aronsky coming in with just one very passionate. I was just say passionate, but it's the only suggestion he had. He just said, "Give me Melsic Bagdasarian versus Omar Morales for Otno, please." Aronsky, it has been given. Done. Uh, Liam Perry, Gritzmacher versus Farzium Bagdasarian versus Shane Young. Is Shane Young not quite a bit higher than him? Am I? Am I? Shane Young. No, it's not two fight streak. Okay, two fight streak. Yeah, all right. Well done, Liam. Uh, Gooden versus Francisco Trinaldo. Um, Trinaldo's still at the UFC, right? I'm not crazy. Right? I believe so. I don't think he's been cut. Nah, he's still there. And uh, Cheyenne Bays versus the Penne. So, yeah, this is, so he wants Bays to get the Penne uh, Kovalkiewicz winner. 
Oh, he had a good explanation for it too, so I should read this. Um, he said, <laughs> Cheyenne, he called, well, he has his, we were trying to remember Cheyenne's nickname before. He has his own nickname for her. Uh, Cheyenne, I'll follow you home, B. Uh, Bays versus Penne Kovalkovich winner, uh, but could be anyone, as she said, she will fight on short notice, which is true. I w- it wouldn't surprise me if she just got someone uh, uh, lesser known because she wants to fight again. Uh, and he did that, but he did not write out B. Uh, he wrote out the B word, which I won't say. And um, Hall, Hall versus Rockhold. So there you go. Rock, Rockhold should be in the mix somewhere after this fight. Uh, hopefully, either Hall or Strickland. I think, yeah, you guys said makes a lot of sense. Ben Davison, Gooden versus Worley Alves. Uh, he says Sanchez and Burnell was one of the fights of the year. I wholeheartedly agree, Ben. Uh, I, 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 it got a little, it slowed down a little bit in the in the third, certainly, um, but it was just a really great competitive fight, and I hope people don't forget it when they're making their their fight of the year list at the end. Um, and uh, McKee Pitbull one two five. He says so, so, so obvious at this point. Three so's. Four corner sports. Hall versus Tavares or Holland. Bays versus Canejo two. Eh. I actually like don't completely dislike that idea. I mean, it's just why not? I mean, there's heat there. Like neither one of them are in title contention right now. It's just like be a fun little UFC fight pass featured bout before an ESPN card on a pay per view. Like I don't hate I it. The, I think the trash talk could get ugly in a not fun way. Let me put it that way. <laughs> Perhaps I like Shine Bays, uh, and I like Monster Canejo as well. I I don't think they're refined enough in the combat sports game to know what lines not to cross. Let me put it that way. And I feel like it could get real bad. And as I'm saying this, I'm sure there's listeners right now going like, "Now I really need to see this fight." But I am, Mike. You know me. I'm a gentleman, I get a scholar. It. Yes, I do not, uh, you know, want to see that uh, that kind of chicanery. I don't mind and, it. Uh, I don't mind it. The UFC will not make that fight right now. No but you chance. Love, you love you love sick over the top trash talk though. I just I don't even why you're not? an inst- you're an instigator of it on your on your show sometimes. Some might say. I try not to. <laughs> wink. You can't see guys as a podcast. He just, he just gave me the biggest wink you've ever seen in your life. Uh, he also just did four corner sports. Bays versus Lavinia Souza. Lavinia is booked October twenty third versus Ronda Marcos, and I don't think the I should fight either of those yet. Again, big experience gap. Um, uh, Bogdasarian versus Bill Algio. Love it. Marcus McGahey calls this the Tarzan edition of Otno. <laughs> uh, yes, Bays versus Obita, Princess versus Princess. Gooden versus Danny Roberts. I'm down with that. Uh, he's with me on the Bagdasarian versus the Saldana Lingo winner. Witt versus Claudio Silva. Adashev versus Juan Camilo Ronderos, who just made headlines, unfortunately, for a uh, cocaine, positive cocaine drug test. But, I mean, that was a one-month suspension. It's way, it's already well in the past. Philip Rowe versus Sasha Palatnikov, Ramiz Brahimaj winner, August 21st. Sure. Sure. Uh, Denny Caps coming up with some good ones. Oh, I love this. Uh, Fry versus Ariane, uh, Genu Fry versus Ariane Carnalosi. If she beats Estela Nunez on October 16th. Imagine that battle of physiques, Mike Fry. And boy, hit that's an immediate. You see those two like square off, and you're just like, I gotta hit the gym. I gotta hit the, those yep. are like two, two of the best physiques, not just in the strawweight division, in like all of MMA. Like these ladies are in just absurd shape that's to be so much fun uh benoit versus tyson nam i had to mention this because uh denny put like a nice like really smiley emoji next to it so i don't know if he thinks this would be like a fire matchup i i'm not sure benoit uh 
sorry, I shouldn't say Benoit. Ryan Benoit, excuse me, Ryan, if you're out there listening. Uh, Ryan Benoit, I'm sure. Not, I'm not sure Ryan Benoit is still with the UFC after Saturday. Yeah, yeah, he'll be tough. It was a good fight, though. I mean, it he wasn't like he got the fight. doors blown off him. No, so. no. He's a talented guy. He's a talented guy. It's one of, he's one of those guys where the results have just never quite piled up for him, unfortunately. But a very talented fighter. Uh, Gritz Macher versus Christos Kiagos or Rick Glenn. Uh, one, this is a good matchup I didn't think of. Akai Kamaka versus Steven Peterson. This would be so much fun. I don't know why that didn't occur to me. Um, yeah. Readers keep throwing out Steven Peterson. I just keep forgetting him. Forgetting him. I don't know why. So, uh, Bob Sarin versus Tucker Lutz. Yes, or Carmella Kirk. Uh, Philip Rowe, Jason Witt. Um, did we say that can't happen? We said Philip Rowe Gooden can't happen, right? So Philip Rowe Gooden won't happen. Yeah, Rowe Witt is. Yeah, Rowe Witt's fine. Strickland versus Brad Tavares. I think he's ahead of Brad Tavares right yeah, now. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah. And uh, another Hall versus Shabazian vote. Uh, Thomas Collins. Just a few more to go here, guys. Thomas Collins. I wanted to read their Strickland versus Rockhold comments. I'm always, I always make a note to read this comments, Mike, and then I always forget why I made the note. I should make more elaborate notes because it could be something horrible, and I just don't remember. But I trust Thomas Collins to not let me down here. Uh, he says, I do not think the UFC will want to give Strickland a higher-ranked opponent because I think they still have a lot of questions about him, probably. I think they have, uh, I think they make Sean... Uh, Luke Rockhold's comeback fight. Good test for Sean. We can all see whether Luke has a future in MMA still, and uh, if Sean wins that one, the UFC will give him a big step up. Yeah, uh, you, you guys tried to explain this before the show. I was very resistant to it. I, I really see now how much how much sense this makes. Um, Bagdasarian, he broke out a couple of names that I haven't heard in a long time. Bagdasarian versus Matt Sales. Sales has not competed since 2019. Wow. I believe he's supposed to be coming back soon. And then Adashev versus Alexander Deskolchuk. Who was signed by the UFC has not made his debut and has not fought since uh, 2018, but he is coming back from a USADA suspension, so he's eligible to compete. So Thomas Collins, the deepest cuts here. Um, McKee versus Mads Brunel, and uh, he says uh, Pitbull should be stripped of the lightweight title at this point if he does not take a lightweight fight. It's just been so long since the Chandler fight. He'll he'll fight yeah. at fifty five next. Give give the I, man I, give the man a break. You're right. He just fought in a grand a friggin' Grand Prix. Uh, Toke Girding Jensen, our man from Denmark. Uh, only two matchups he wants to see is the Strickland versus Tory and Philip Rowe versus Lyman Good. We are Toke. We are vibing. Uh, three more here to go, guys. A couple of good ones. Barry O'Reilly. So many good matchups. I'll run through these quickly. Um, I think you mentioned Rowe versus Zawada, but Zawada is booked. You said. Uh, I didn't say that, did I? I think he said Zawada, if he beats someone, he beats uh, Kondosko? He's fighting Sergey Kondosko? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, let me, so, yeah, I'll look it up. I totally sure. whiffed. I totally did not realize that fight was happening So uh, until <laughs> you said it, Mike. So either way, fine suggestion. Kamaka versus TJ Laramie. Uh, Chris Gritzmacher versus Claudio Poyas. And Witt versus Ramazan Karamagomedov. Ramazan Kuromagomedov. Uh, he was booked, I think. He was supposed to... Uh, let, me, let me make sure he's not just pulling this out of the air. Right. He was supposed to debut against Cowboy Oliveira in February. Um, he's a contender series guy. He's fought for the PFL. He's fought for ACA. He's fought for Cage Fury Fighting Championships. Uh, he just had an illness, and that was in February. So hopefully he's recovered. That would be kind of cool. So nice pick there. A nice pull there, Barry O'Reilly. Uh, Strickland versus Holland if Holland beats Dawkins October 2nd or Andre Muniz uh, and just wants to ask would McKee beat P- P- B- B- best Pitbull at 155 um, I think so right Mike he'd probably be even better without having to deal with a weight cut uh, AJ McKee I don't see it going that differently that we, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I want to see it again. If I, I want to see it again. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and uh, from Nicklinville, uh, I have to read this. This is a very uh, it says. Uh, first and foremost, I want half the points for my prediction that City Lagan was going to be getting some title shot instead of John Jones. Uh, yes, he he's his last message to me was I want to see City Lagan versus John Jones uh, if neither are getting the next go of the belt. So kind of a conditional. I award you no points at Nicklinville, but I I do think you were somewhat on the on the right track there. Um, and second, my pick is for matches what McKee said a bit ago. Let's have a Grand Prix at Flyweight with Bellator, UFC, one championship, etc., where they pick two from each, and we can finally see who's the best of the best in this division instead of putting Volkan, Vol- oh, Volkanovski first, or uh, or Holloway as as uh, Casey has him. So, what do you guys? What do you think about the gra- a Grand Prix idea? If it were possible, Mike, that would be like the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah, can we, can, I mean, I, I just wish like. I just wish Dana White wasn't such a pain in the ass. Oh. Like, I mean, kind of, like, I just, I mean, eventually it's got to get to this place. Like, I, I mean, I understand it's a business stuff, but, I mean, just have some fun for once. Just for one time. Just <laughs> do it. Fun. I mean, what's Let- the worst that can happen? Like, Volkanovsky goes out and gets bolted by AJ McKee yeah. or something? Like, so what? So what? I mean... Just have some fun for once. Just be like, you know what? We have the best friggin' fighters in the world, and we're going to prove it. We have the best 45ers. We have the best 55ers, the best 35ers. You want to pick a weight class? You want to do a 145? We got Volkanovski. We got Max Holloway. I dare you to send any two guys from your promotion in to fight these guys, and we will see who the best 45 pounder in the world. And guess what? Spoiler alert. It's one of our guys. I just sold it for you. Ever since Dana saw Chuck get starched by Rampage in Japan, I think that was like never again. I'm never risking anything like this again. Um, so you have people, you have Rampage Jackson to blame, among many other reasons for why the UFC uh, will never kind of do this kind of co-promotion thing. Who else would kind of be in there? I think Bibiano Fernandez. I know he's a bantamweight, but he's been fighting at 145 for he, like at one championship. He's he's a what he's a quote unquote 145er in one championship, right? You could kind of throw him in there. He'd be maybe one of the smallest guys in the in the field but that would be fun I'm, i can't recall is christian lee is christian lee still there he's quote, technically quote, a 55er he's t- right right right. he's their featherweight champion 155 anyway i think he could make oh no actually i don't know if he could make that because right, he was a two division champion 155 170 he did compete for the featherweight title i just think he never won it but i don't know if that's a cut he would want to make uh he, he feels like he needs to make so i mean christian he's young lee, enough to that, do it oh that'd be so awesome christian lee and viviano as the representatives from one oh That'd be so sick. So uh, it's a great idea, Nick. If you're asking what we think of the idea, it's great. It's a pipe dream, um, but it's one I would be happy to keep discussing and just thinking about. Oh, where all these fun featherweights would come from? Uh, like, whoever wins would PFL Lance, this year. Would Lance Palmer make this two-time PFL champion? Maybe, or maybe Bubba. Jen- who, uh, whoever wins this year, yeah, I'd love to see like maybe Bubba Jenkins or someone like that. So uh, let me close out, Michael, with semi-casual MMA chiming in. He says Gritzmacker versus Michael Johnson would just be a fun fight. I agree. I think that's the best Gritzmacker suggestion I've seen. And then he has a comment about Strickland versus Vittori. He calls this the middleweight meathead matchup. <laughs> Vittori got dominated by Adesanya. Does not deserve a top five opponent. Eesh. Strickland looks great, and I think he should get his shot. Not really a fan of either. So it would be great to watch them beat the S word out of each other. Uh, again, uh, censored. We, I, I did the censoring there. So yes. there we go. What a lovely note to end on. Uh, if you guys want to send more uh 
suggestions as to who you'd like to see beat the S out of each other, guys, you can reach me on Twitter at Alexander K. Lee, on Instagram at Alexander K. K. Lee, and hit me up on email. Hit me up on email, please. Alex.Lee at SBNation.com. Mike? Yes, send AK a John Deere letter. (laughs) Oh, if you want to send me a physical... Oh, no, I had to give up my address. You know what? DM me. DM me. Uh, We'll figure something out. Shout out, shout out to box. Jeff Daniels. I will set up a PO box for uh, for onto the next one. <laughs> shout out to Jeff Daniels, Dumb and Dumber, John Deere letter. Uh, all right, so UFC Vegas 33 is in the books. We gave it over an hour, which I'm shocked that we did. I mean, it just is what it is. Uh, but join us next week because we're gonna have a big show. The post pay per view episodes of On to the Next One are always very exciting. UFC 265 goes down this Saturday in Houston, Texas at the Toyota Center. The main event, the fight that everybody asked for with the stakes that everybody wanted more for the interim heavyweight championship of the universe, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gunn. Co-main event, Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Vicente Luque versus Michael Chiesa. Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. Song Yidong versus Casey Kenny. That is your main card. The preliminary portion of this event. Rafael Faziv versus Bobby Green. That is an insane fight. Ed Herman versus Alonzo Menafield. Carolina Kovalkiewicz is back against Jessica Penne. Manel Cape versus Oday Osborne. Miles Johns versus Anderson Dos Santos. Victoria Leonardo versus Melissa Gatto. Draco Rodriguez versus Vince Morales. And Johnny Munoz versus Jamie Simmons. That is UFC 265. We'll discuss some of those fights i my, i can't wait until we finally have an undisputed interim <laughs> ufc heavyweight champ. there will only be one interim ufc heavyweight champion after this saturday uh what uh, the stakes cannot be higher if francis and ganu is not in houston what are we doing what, what are we that, doing what's the purpose what's the purpose of any of this get in the cage and stare off with whoever wins <laughs> like for the love of god and then lights go out john jones enters the cage <laughs> done i just we just made your event as good as possible john jones from the rafters lowered from the rafters <laughs> the crow face paint on and yeah. everything yeah. uh so we could have a, a really exciting show for you next week uh you can hit me up on twitter at mike underscore jr instagram m underscore heck jr join us next week as we discuss the what's next coming out of ufc 265 and always remember don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll have lots more fun next week right here on On to the Next One. He's still drilling. The podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.